Hello, and welcome back to the Ark of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, coming back to you in February. Yes. But it's a very special episode, because this is Gavin's belated birthday bash. Sorry. I'll add the air horns in post, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's been a bit. We didn't do a 2x2 two two for January, nope. because Gavin locked me out of picking a movie yes because i told him he could uh basically pull the birthday card and make me watch whatever the hell he wanted and he chose to finally make me watch lockout um, oft discussed uh, <laughs> but not seen by me until a couple nights ago so we're gonna do that and then uh we never quite finished our tv countdown right uh, so we never got to do the second part of that episode. We're now running on a brand spanking new, uh, refurbished-esque MacBook Pro. Yes. Procured by said birthday boy. Uh, and this, we're and we're doing this prof- professional yeah, for the get, first time. Gavin's on. so excited. He has headphones. He has cans on. I know. We have cans on. I don't this, know if this is a good or a bad thing. This episode's brought to you by Macari. Just want to throw that out there. Not really, but that's where I found this MacBook. Brought to you by... The seller who got Dick, you this MacBook. Dickinson Computers out of uh, I'm honestly just excited because I see it has Logic um, already yeah. installed on it. Yes. And I'm very excited to see hopefully the what, what sounds I can play around with that aren't part of GarageBand. And the gigabytes, the 16 gigs of, of RAM should make everything pretty quick for you. And you it's, got 1,000 terabytes worth of space, Noah. It's running very smooth, so I think this is going to be the exclusive work laptop specifically for... Right. Um, but yeah, if I end up doing music and podcast on this one, mm-hmm. there's really no use for the other one, because it's really all I use it for at this point. Like, right. I don't sit and surf the web on my MacBook. I do no. that on my phone, exactly. like a normal person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll find a use for the other one. Oh, maybe I'll just, oh, maybe I'll sell it on Mercari. Yeah. Second plug. There we go. Perfect. Okay. Perfect example. Can you hear yourself scratching your beard? I can. Okay. Yeah. You do that a lot. I feel like the Samsung's Vaguely picking it up it. more. Yeah. Samsung's it's probably just texture. It I'm just going to sit on my hands. It's That's just going to texture. You do what I you got to do. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> down, bring me down here. It is very disorienting hearing yourself in the moment. Mm hmm. But that's what the prof- the professionals do, Noah. So we we need to get it together. I spent twenty. I, 20 I spent thirty four years without headphones on doing podcasts. It's true. Doesn't it feel like an echo though? Like you're an odd echo, like a just milliseconds. Weirdly, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like uh, not uncanny valley, but whatever that like. It's like you hate you hearing it's yourself. Definitely not the uncanny valley. That has yeah. nothing to do with the point you're trying to make. I don't know certain terms. I don't know if I'm allowed to use certain terms. <laughs> But it's that thing where, like, you hate how you sound it's on the video. It's your birthday. You're allowed to do whatever you want That's on true. this episode, even though... I would just like to say, technically first off, days ago. 34 years old, just a tad bit better than Jesus of Nazareth. Just just saying. Did you see my Facebook? I did. Yeah. Patrick told me that, so I had to. I was like, That's a good one. I'm going to do that. I'm not saying I'm better than him. Just saying I got better friends than he did. That's all. It's pretty I smooth. It. I, I thought it was very it. clever. That's right. You did like it. I'm sorry. Yes, I literally liked it, and I physically liked it, but that's a, in a digital space. Yeah, I did you? I, I don't. Did you not get your invite to my my um my metaverse um hangout for no, my birthday? I did you not. Didn't, you didn't. I I, you didn't show up. No one showed up, but <laughs> you specifically didn't show up, so I was a little concerned. But you know, missed the boat on that one. You okay. Sure did. Uh, well, lockout. It's your episode. So yeah, I mean. I don't know if we're going to make this a full-on, like, scene-by-scene recap. No, we don't have to. I did watch it. And what did you think? Um, Off the top of your head, just boom, first thing. I say lockout, what do you say? Uh, I, it was all right. Yeah? I had a decent time with it. Decent? Um, was it a slugfest to get through? No, because it moves. Yes. Um, it's thankfully, it's like, what, like, a bunk 40? Maybe close to 90 minutes? Yeah. Trending towards 90 minutes. Yeah. This movie wants to be 90 minutes, right. but it might be 140. I don't know. Okay. And all I had had as the setup was like, okay, this was the like basically escape from space, like straight rip of like John Carpenter. There was a lawsuit and mm-hmm. they won. So I have that all going into this. 
still don't know why I didn't watch it at the time, honestly, because I've always been, I like Guy Pierce. Yeah. He's not like my favorite dude, but I enjoy his, I enjoy his work. Um, and this, yeah, this is re- what, 20, so it's 2012, 2012. Mm-hmm. So yeah, technically. I could have done it on a two-by-two. could have done two, it as a two-by-two. Two. But I feel, figured as much as I've talked about it as many times as you've been like. Was it a I, dumpuary movie? I don't know. Was it know. a January, February? I can it feels like we might be right around the 10th anniversary of this. Might be. Let me look it up. But that's that's the reputation that it had going in. And, of course, it's become a notorious thing. It's much like Den of Thieves, which you had me watch at the beginning of last year. Um just this run or no that was two years ago that was april. the start of two by two came out in april okay weird so they were trying to make it like a summer thing right but arguably like had guy pierce anchored like i feel like he's the he's the thing that we enjoy about it but i think he's also why the movie was not a success possibly i mean I feel like if they had a bigger name like a name name Attached. Yeah, I could see could that. Could have been a different story. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm thinking there's not much that he's done, like, where he's the guy and stuff. Really? I mean, what do you... What would you say is, like, his big movie? Memento. Oh, yeah, that. But besides that. Because I know how you feel about Christopher Nolan. I mean, if we're going a little bit... Way less seen, obviously, and it's got a lot of other stuff going on in it, but... When I think of Guy Pierce, I picture him in the proposition. Right. That is what I picture. That's what I'm thinking. But again, I feel like that's still, even though it had its it had its moment when it came out, it's a little underseen, under discussed till to this, uh, still to this point. But the movie's also got, like I said, so much other stuff going on in it. Yeah, and the it's Danny crazy. Houston good. performance, which we haven't talked about in forever. He's got Prometheus the same year in 2012 and Lawless. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those that's like, I want him, I've always wanted him to be the guy and stuff because I like him. I, f- I forget where, I feel like it's another podcast I've listened to where they've discussed him, but he has that thing of, he. you think he should be a leading man, but his face is just a little, just a little off. Like, yeah, it's not you completely I mean? symmetrical like it's so supposed to be for big quite, stars. Yeah, you have this thing where you don't quite trust him. So right. there's always this inherent, like, I don't know what's going on with this guy. So an odd choice in my mind for, like, what I had been led to believe was going to be, like, a Snake Plissken surrogate. Stand right. in for Snake. Mm-hmm. Snow, in this case. Yeah. Broadly speaking, before we get into any specifics, having it pitched to me as, like, oh, yeah, they just straight up ripped off Escape from New York and Escape from L.A., uh, I did if nobody had told me that, I genuinely probably would have just watched this as like a, oh, okay, cool concept. Because the the president's daughter thing is not unique to Escape from New York. It wasn't prior, prior to that or mm-hmm. since that. No. I do think they have a little bit of a case, but here's the thing. The Snow character is vastly different from Snake. Right. He's much more of a motor mouth. Right. He's a smart aleck as yes. opposed to a smart ass. Right. If you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. No, totally. He does. He he's has the he has the devil may care side, but he's just a little bit more of a prick about it. Right. He's a government he's not employee. As, like, cool. That's the thing. He's a CIA guy. Right. So you're like. He was within the system. And it's like, Snake, you always get the... He's this, you know... He's, he's this grudging anti-hero, right. period. He's like what the system hates. And right. they're having to go back to that to get things done. Whereas, like, you know, I don't know... So, him. It, that that whole element... I was, I was kind of able to watch this from the get-go free of like, okay, well, I'm not looking for all of those parallels. But if I wanted to see him there... They were there. I was like... It almost is a tribute to both movies because, like, there's some trash CGI in this movie, yes. which is very akin to Escape from L.A. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could even look at it on a meta level like Did that. Did you but... catch in the credits that it said, based on an idea? Based on an idea by Luke Besson. No, based on uh, an, an original, original thought. Original idea. Original, but, yeah. Yes, original idea by Luke Besson. Yeah. Which, again, I think I... 
I think the concept of prison colony, outer space, why not? Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, what, what, what's the story in there? Well, obviously, it's got to be somebody breaking in or trying to break out, right? Okay. Right. All right, well, why are they trying? Like, I could see how it extrapolates from, like, that was the core idea, and then all of a sudden it vaguely starts to feel like escape. Right. And I feel like you could have diverted further away from that if you did some different things with your lead character. I think, but I, I think he's, I think he's very different. So I immediately was off of the trail of like, oh, this is a spiritual successor to Escape. Yeah, and I never took it that way. It was never billed that way to me. I never that became the story like, of it afterwards, right? For for sure. And what is crazy is that during quarantine, this one popped back up on Netflix, and there were, I read articles about how people were like, oh my god, what is this? I didn't know. Why did I not see this in 2012? Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, I'm glad more people saw it. And I'm hoping that that kind of maybe softens the narrative of like, oh, they definitely took this from, you know, uh, John Carpenter. And John Carpenter seems like the kind of guy that unless you're basically trying to remake a movie with like character names that he wrote down, he's not going to sue you. Right. You know, because there's, he, you know, he's spoken openly about how like, you know, Hideo Kojima his lawyers were like, you could go after this guy. He totally used, he's like, no, why would I? He's a nice guy. And he's paid homage to the character. Like, I really like his work. I'm not going to go sue him. Right. Like that. that why? I don't need that. Also, I love those games. Right. <laughs> you know, that's probably what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. So. All tours. No, all tours. It's like a thing in your brain. You see one, you're like, I know that guy. It's yeah. just the thing. Okay. So. You got the opening and it's the, you know, what just happened. And it's, it's essentially like, okay, what if we got to see the deleted opening of Escape from New York? Right. Like, here's here's how Snake landed in this position. So we get the little recap of how Snow got there. Some, some double cross. It's all very irrelevant. The yeah. action is, like, reasonably paced here. I do love when all of a sudden he's just on the freeway and it's, bike. like, CGI galore mm-hmm. and, you know. I thought it was a smooth transition from that into the subway station. Like when he rolls off the bike and it's like piece back to normal guy Pierce. Like, yes. Yeah, so part of me thinks I'm like in 2012 probably held up a little bit better. And it's just, yeah. it's one of those of the moment CGI things. If but you just watch the matrix revolutions, you, you can't go watch this and be like, Oh yeah, great. It holds up. You can't. Cause it's just the advances in technology, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have that kind of breathless opening, catch us back up to where, he, and he's being interrogated by Peter Stormare. So, mm-hmm. of course, I'm like, all right, I'm here for it. Uh, then we start getting our, our par- parallel stories. I'm like, isn't this movie about a prison colony? Like, right. wh- I was like, where, when are we going to get to that? Because I figured that was going to be the cold open setup of, like, you know, the snake setup. We're just mm-hmm. introduced to him. He gets He's getting off a bus. He's about to be headed there anyways. So, basically... Guy Pierce has been set up, Snow's been set up, he's being sent to the colony, and in parallel to this, President's daughter is on a humanitarian mission, basically investigating, like, what's up with these prisons? Right. And they put him in, like, essentially, like, alien-style, like, cryosleep. Right. And there's a debate over, like, what happens to them in there, like, you know, whether it's ethical. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. All sorts of different crazy side effects. So... Basically, they take one guy out to show her, like, and of course they pick the craziest fucker, one of the craziest fuckers in there. Um, And it almost seems like, you know, I don't know if they had the plan orchestrated. I guess we're meant to believe, like, oh, if we're ever in this situation, here's what you do. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, But before you know it, he's basically released all of the prisoners and they've taken over. They've taken over the place. Right. Uh, So in parallel to this, you have... uh, so Peter Stormare is kind of the hard ass who we're pretty sure is dirty. Secret Service. For, for the get-go, yes. Um, and then... Lenny. Snow's, yes, Snow's buddy is Lenny Clark from uh, Walking Dead and a number of other L- things. Low Winter Sun. Oh, who could forget? Uh, <laughs> with our boy Mark Strong. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just we could call him Morgan if you want, just to make it better. Because I don't remember his name in, in Lockout. And you just call him Morgan. People sure. know who Morgan is. I think he's Lenny Clark. He's one of those guys. I mean, he's been around for a while. But yeah, he's anyways. in a bunch of shit. So, 
there basically like, hey, before you send in the James. cavalry, let us uh, let us try the the one man style. Like, James, what's that? Lenny James. Lenny James. Did I say Lenny Clark twice. You Who's said Lenny, Lenny Clark? Clark. I have no idea who Lenny Clark is. The fuck is Lenny Clark? Yeah. Weird. Just look at the rabbits, George. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry. What? Okay. I feel like I'm funnier with the headphones on because I can hear my jokes not landing. It's great. <laughs> so yeah, so you got Lenny. James, you can remember to laugh at yeah. your at yourself. Mm-hmm. Lenny James, yes, that gentleman, great British thespian, L- Lenny James, yes, doing an American accent here. Yeah, uh, also very good at that as well. He's. Um, I love that Peter Stormare is always just Peter Stormare. It, yeah, regardless like, of how, like that. That is a career I would love to track. one hundred percent. I would love to just. I want to be a fly on the wall anytime he gets pitched something, because you know he doesn't say no. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. You know, Dude, it's like. Storm Aircast. Dude. I mean, who, if no one else has done it, why not? I'm kind of shocked nobody else has done it. He seems like one of those dudes. Yeah, because I mean, like... and the thing is, if you're just going to cover him in a movie, sometimes you don't really got to watch the whole movie. True. You know, back half Armageddon. a series of scenes. Yeah. The, like two scenes in Constantine, one of which is like, <laughs> dude, that's, yeah, that third act scene where he shows up is... Oh, makes yeah. that movie okay back to lockout mm-hmm. so they send him they send snow on board while um, they've sent a negotiator on board yes and it's just like the this movie is full of like happenstance like just don't do it you know it's like if you just don't get goaded by the, the by the uh the prisoner that just got woken up out of cryo sleep mr secret service agent you all go home What's the problem? Right. You know? Yeah. And that's the only, that is to me, my only problem with the movie. It's like, there's <laughs> such a like happenstance of, oh, this, this, this. It's like, no, this, again, I'm not, I don't want to say it's not believable, but I mean, it's just like anybody that probably is in any sort of line of government work where it's like, you know, security detail, they're not going to let themselves get rattled by whatever. Yes. Yeah. You just flew to space. Yes. This is the future, whatever you know people are crazy it is what it is but it's just that the the so little bits of stuff we got these two brothers right. the one who's initially let out basically looks like a far cry protagonist or like he should be in borderlands or you know, something like that you know who they wanted him to you know what they wanted to go for they wanted to go for our boy justin thoreau from the charlie's angels movies that's what I'm thinking okay. they were looking for. Um, you get Justin Thoreau in this movie, but we got something to talk about. That That is honestly a huge kind of like... What if he... So you think he's for Snow? Of, I mean, I, I would have been down for that as well. Yeah. I, I think, think he's... So. If you look at Kevin Garvey... Yes. And the kind of like... And Zito. I, mean, I don't want to do this because it's fucking stupid. Like, that attitude towards things, mm-hmm. I could see that that, that gets... That gets at the edges of, of what we like about Snake. I could see... Yeah. We've never had that thought before, but, like, Thoreau could Thoreau could do it. He could do anything. I think so. Yeah. Um, he could also be this villain, too. But, no, he that's what I'm saying. I think, the vil- I think the villains are a huge missed opportunity. Yes. Uh, There's no Duke. These yes. Guys, that's the big thing that, like, I feel like you miss when, you, when you're trying to, like, let's just say... That they're operating we can just assume they're operating like we want to do an homage or like we want to do our version of escape from new york slash la what do we do the two best things to me about those movies that people don't think about because they're so focused on snake is the duke of new york is like one of my favorite just characters in a movie ever yeah you know because you don't really have much backstory you just know he's the duke of new york and then you give me cuervo jones and escape from LA and they tried to tell you oh he did this he did that but just his like Bobo Che Guevara look mm-hmm. and like just off center and like I kind of respect the guy but I gotta kill him like that kind of thing and his you know his bravado I love it because the places that they're sending this dude no one wants to go because right. it's like it's lawlessness but the whole thing is it's us it's free it's what we were we're in a future where like we can't be who we might really want to be because it's all against the rules now. And I think that's what's missing from this. I mean, literally, this could have... You just... Correct me. I didn't really get into it. You said that Carpenter won the lawsuit, his team, or they, Luke Besson and them, won the lawsuit? I thought that whoever... Yes. Basically, they had to pay money, if I'm not mistaken. Right, yeah. The producers and creators. Right. Besson had to 
pony up some dough for this. Right. I don't know who to exactly. Probably just whoever owns the IP to whatever firm yes. thing. AFCO Embassy, uh, MGM, whoever. So my biggest sticking point that kind of turned me off to the whole thing. What's that? What the heck? What happened? Did the screen just enter password? Oh yeah, eleven ninety. Did you have your screen settings on the old Mac to where it wouldn't like? It wouldn't uh, hold actually... on, is that so? It's just been recording us the whole time. I think it Did just it? went to a screensaver. Oh, uh, probably. Yeah, I haven't messed with the display settings, but it's been recording us still. Yeah, you think we can leave all this in? It's my birthday. We can do it. <laughs> We're figuring it out, people. Yeah. New new Mac, new setup. Yeah, 34 years, no headphones. And uh, a MacBook that actually works when you want it to. <laughs> I bet the Pro's MacBook does that, too. Just screensaver, still records. I mean, you got it plugged in, it's running. Who cares? We're legit, baby. It's <laughs> probably. We're on the way up. You know, I remember the time that I got more than 10 likes on Instagram, and I told Mom, we don't have to live like this no more. <laughs> Go on. You were talking about the protagonist. You were talking about... Oh, okay. So, I liked the decision and also thought it was ultimately where the movie unraveled. Right. They don't... They don't have her, thankfully, as like the the princess in the tower, if you will, at the end game of this. Like, she's the ultimate goal. It's like, he gets her out. So, idiot dude who who started the whole thing, right? Right. Is like, hey, come in here, you'll be safe, and like shoots the door. Immediately, like um, nitrogen starts like leaking in, and so they're basically like they're did gonna you, die. Did you not read and the press snow release? Snow gets there, and it takes him forever to realize that they're like on the verge of death too. Yeah, that all of that stuff was incredibly dumb. But it's anyways, just a setup to do like the oh look at this, we're gonna put a needle in this girl's eye trick. Oh yeah. yes, the weird hybrid of like it's yes, it's the future, but like some things feel very like grounded and old school. There was it seemed like a selective future where I'm like, okay, so you guys have the technology to have this prison colony where like you have all of these guys in stasis and everything, but you don't have some sort of lockdown feature. Right. Like once they all get loose that just like fucking gasses everybody that's mm-hmm. not a, a guard, you know, magically. Well, you, it's like coded to their DNA. Like it's, it's the future. Like what the And it's the one thing that's not in this movie that I would argue is why you shouldn't have been able to win a lawsuit. They don't put a bomb in him and say you're gonna blow up if you don't go up here. You're right. going up there anyway. And I'm thinking, wouldn't you put a bomb in every prisoner's neck so that if they do get out, you could just blow them up? I mean, come on. Yeah. They, he's got a collar thing. He blows someone's face off with it. Right. You know, like, could you not, that not be standard issue when you get to the prison? So, yeah, we let you thaw out and walk around every now and then. Also, but if you like, get mouthy, we, did, we didn't you're done. get like a full on, like, suiting up montage or like, mm-hmm. here's your weapons. Because again, it's not that thing because it's like, he is a CIA dude. Mm hmm. He just, this might as well just be another mission. It's just, he also happened to be wrapped up in this thing where he was going to be sent to prison regardless. And like, he agrees to it only because like, you know, his pal, Lenny Clark is telling him that, you know, you, you got Lenny James. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to realize. Okay. Um, he's telling like, Hey, your guy that can like exonerate you. He got picked up again in the dumbest move. He runs away from a cop and his gun falls out and winds up shooting a cop. So they take him into prison. Like, just all this fucking happenstance, man. <laughs> the future is very whimsical. Like, shit just happens. Yeah. And you can't explain it. Yes. So, like I said, they don't keep them apart. She's, like, part of the action for a bit, basically, oh, yeah. after he rescue her, rescues her. And this is where it starts to fall apart for me, which is like, I'm sorry. Snake Plissken would never behave the way that Snow does no. with this, this young female. Of course not. And I feel like that's part of the like European or French like comedy influence, which we've mm-hmm. seen in movies like Wasabi, right. which we've covered on here, which is just like, oh, yeah, it's got to be like this male, female sort of screwball comedy. We're going to put them in crazy positions where she falls on top of him or he falls on top of her. And like, we're going to comment on it constantly. And it's not even a will they, won't they? It's like a why, why is this an element of it right. kind of thing? 
Um, and really just kind of soured me on his character in general, where I was like, hey, you're talking too much, dude. I wish you were a little more like too cool for school, mm-hmm. a little more gravitas, a little less of a smart aleck and a little more of a smart ass, as I said. But if you want to get really like in into it, you could be like, well, as an auteur, these guys are like, hey, what's every action hero do? They're like stoic and quiet. What are we going to do? We're going to make our action hero this wisecracking like Deadpool with no mask on kind of guy. Like He's trying to do everything he can, you know, and I don't know if the unrated R version on Blu-ray. That was the other thing I wanted to ask you is uh, I was baffled by why this movie was not a hard R. Right. Um, and I do think some of the action sequences in the back half are a little lacking as a result. Right. And I thought they could have done more with the setting, honestly. Mm-hmm. There's that one kind of anti-gravity section where it gets turned off for a second. Again, a lot of coincidence and happenstance things that are just like half. But uh, gets turned off. You think he's going to die. Of course not. And then he gets like thrust back up. Um yeah, some of that just didn't like fully age well for me, and uh, it was all right. Yeah, it was a fun little actioner. I think I had been led to believe that it was going to be like way worse than it. Like I enjoyed it for what it was, right? But there was also just a lot of moments where I was like, yeah, you could have gotten out of your own way there. Like made yeah. it a little less and misogynistic. That's, and that's it's the, one of those the main like, reason why I wanted you to watch yeah. it. You know, I wanted yeah. you to see that. Like, don't take this as like. Oh, they're, you know, a ripoff of Snake Plissken. Watch it for its own sake because it's not terrible. And I think if you go into it thinking like, oh, this is just a ripoff of Escape from New York, you're going to be a little bit, eh. But, I mean, I'm. they could have done better, but it wasn't that bad. Again, I didn't go to theaters to see it, and I own it on Blu-ray, but I can't find the disc. And I can't find it either. Apparently, you say you lent it to me, but I scoured this house and then rented it on Amazon right. Prime for five dollars. I found the case, but the disc is not in the case. It's probably either you in gotta like. Gotta keep your disc in the case and get yourself some porcelain fountains. <laughs> so okay. okay, so that was so lockout. That was lockout. Do you want to talk Scream Five or Scream? We can talk about whatever you want let's to. Talk, it's your let's birthday. Talk Scream, man. How are you feeling about Scream? Scream twenty twenty two. Yeah. I fucking loved it. Thank I you. really, really did. I had a great time at the movies. I went by myself. Opening night, Thursday night. Just just the hardcore Scream fans in there. Yeah. A lot of other 30-plus-year-olds. Of course. Um, and everybody, everybody seemed to enjoy it, man. I think we're all on the same page. I... For me right now, obviously, I want to see it again. I know it's going to drop on, what, Paramount Plus at the end of... Either that or Peacock. It's at the end of February. I'm pretty sure it's Paramount. Okay. Because this had a Paramount logo in front of it now because it is no longer, of course, Dimension <laughs> and, oh, I was and just, all of that have just... I was going to clear my throat over that name, but it's all good. Oh, for, I wasn't even going to say it. I just, like... Um, all of that's been divvied up, and I don't know who got what, oh. but I'm pretty sure I saw a Paramount logo before this movie started, so 20, I think it's going to be... 24 million budget, 107 so far. Worldwide, yeah. yeah uh, it did dethrone Spider-Man No Way Home for one week. Yeah. Granted, Spider-Man No Way Home had been out for like five or six weeks at that point, Yeah. but I uh, was very happy to see that, and just, a, again, a great time at the movies. I... With the trailers for this one, my biggest concern with all of these is like, just make it fun. I need it to be fun. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want you to all of a sudden try and well, reconstruct what what Scream is. Right. Um, and that's the thing that I think I loved most about this movie is like, it knows exactly what these movies are. Mm-hmm. It knows just incrementally how much to update the the metatextual stuff. Right. And the commentary, and I feel like. For, like, there was a little bit of the, like, sequelitis. That's kind of what they're playing with. There's all the riff on, like, the Stab movies and everything. They're referencing the Saw movies and how, like, torture porn has been driven into the ground and everything. But it's a little less of that. And what it ultimately ends up being more about is, like, the types of kids that could possibly do this now are, like, it's kind of ahead of its time on, like, the social media influencer side of things. Uh So since that had already kind of, you know, the... Um, 
I want to be a celebrity just for the sake of it. Like, I want to just, like, insert myself into this. And, of course, it's a little more tied to her family. So I knew going into this, I was like, how are we going to bring in the legacy characters? And what I did like is, as much as I just wanted to be, like, just the three, the core three, just give me more of them, I liked that this one started to turn more of a corner into... um, this is what a possible way forward if they want to actually this felt more like the soft reboot or requel which they literally yeah talk about in the movie that they maybe wanted four to be but it's like i feel like we all i feel like we all took four for granted we did because i saw it in the theater there was nobody there that opening weekend i feel like the the fandom had kind of died down for it people were skeptical even though it was everybody back Mm-hmm. It was Kevin Williamson back riding it after taking three off, Wes Craven, and, you know, your core people. And I had a great time with it in the theater, but again, I even kind of took it for granted. It took me a little while to rewatch it, and then I'm like, in retrospect, it's so good. It's right up there with yeah. with the first two. And I think inarguably at this point, three is the, the bottom of that totem pole, but we still will always have a very soft spot for it because... It's the first one we actually got to see in a theater after becoming obsessed with the franchise on home video. No, if you want to get serious, the reason why we both loved it is because essentially we could have been the two people in the new Scream remake as much as we love that franchise. If we were upset with how this Scream in 2020 happened, absolutely, we would totally be... I was kind of staying general, but obviously now it's been out for a little bit. It'll be streaming soon. If you don't want any spoilers, skip ahead like 10 minutes. I I don't think we'll take much longer than that. Here's the thing. Did you call it, and if so, when did you call the killer? Oh. Or killers? I... I don't remember a time I turned to Bex and was like, it's this one. But I definitely was like, anytime anybody's, anytime it's like, oh, this isn't who you think you're talking to. I'm like, oh, it's definitely that person you think you're talking to. They're doing it. (laughs) Okay. Because Boyfriend was a surprise for me because I did not want sweet, lovable Jack Quaid. Okay. Let me take you through my trajectory. Yeah. Because the, the marketing campaign I thought was fantastic from the get-go. We've talked about the, the poster, which was the killers on this poster. I'm like, clearly, obviously, you put everybody in the cast on it. Mm-hmm. It's one of these people. Let me ask you a different one. Did you think the killer was one of the legacy characters? No. Okay. No, and I know people always wanted it. People were floating that for four as well. Right. And I was just like, there's no fucking way. Right. I would love, I mean, if done well, I would be totally fine with a movie that got to that point where like one of them snapped and, you mm-hmm. know, if they did it right. But at the end of the day, do I want that? No, I don't no. want that movie. So I'm glad we didn't get that. From the get go, just when they announced the cast and I was looking at it, I was like, they're going to do a mirror of the first one. Right. And it's going to be two boys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Based on the cast, it's going to be Kyle Gallner, uh-huh. and it's going to be Dylan Minette, I think. Yeah. The 13 Reasons guy. Yeah, him. Okay. So, sit down for the movie, and I've seen a second trailer, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, I'm pretty sure Kyle Gallner gets killed, so not him unless it's a fake out, because you never know. And then as soon as they introduced that Dylan Minette's character was Jude, Deputy Judy's son, I was like, No. Okay, Can't be. not him. So I was immediately off the trail of those. And in my head, I've been like, okay, well, if it's not one of those two guys, it's definitely going to be Jack Quaid. Because I was like, yeah. just because of the name, uh-huh. I was like, I was like, he's got enough cred from the boys. People like him. It'll be enough of a misdirect because they're, they're bringing that baggage that it'll work. Yeah. But I was like, but there's got to be another one. I was like, they're not going to pull the... It was Roman thing from That's three where you're like, reason where you're like, there's no way he did all of this. It's no. impossible. Like right. that. And to me, that's the only reason why that one is not a masterpiece people. If you, you add and, somehow added one more, you try and lampshade it with, with, you know, Randy being like, all belts are off. Like the killer can be superhuman. They could be anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And they pretty much abandon all rules of like, you know, him being able to be everywhere simultaneously. Right. Um, 
So I, I was like, I don't feel like they're going to do that again. Sitting watching the movie. We have our opening sequence. There's a character harmed and then her, her estranged sister shows back up. And when the friends reconvene in the hospital, I was like, oh, I I didn't see her in any of the trailers. I was like, you're telling me homegirl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, one of the Manson girls, is in this movie? I was like, okay, that's the second killer right there. And within that sequence, they're over Jenny Ortega's character's bed. Mm-hmm. And there is just, it is a glance exchanged between the Amber character. And, oh, yeah. and I didn't even pay attention. I wouldn't there's even. a glance exchanged between them, and I'm just sitting there going, like, well, it's not her checking him out because it's like, oh, look at Sam's hot new boyfriend, or like judging him or whatever. It's this look where I was just like, what? I was like, there's no reason for that shot to be in there mm-hmm. except for when we go back to see, like, oh, oh, shit. Okay. So I clocked it right there. But then the beauty of these movies, of course, I spend the rest of the runtime going like, oh, no, but it can't be because of this and this and this. And I kept second guessing myself all the way up until the end where it's revealed that, oh, yeah, it's it was both of them. You hit the nail on the head. I love that he was like, you fucking Dewey told you boyfriend. Surprised you didn't leave this. I called it immediately. Immediately. (laughs) Yes, dude. His that was the other thing is his turn to being a piece of shit like works so well hold on we're getting an update right now oh yeah we haven't filled everybody in on that what's been going on okay all right guys uh i I don't want to say anything because i don't want to jinx it at the opening of the podcast i've been a little on edge in the midst of the recording of this because uh had a little health scare with our A number one mascot here at the Archive, Fife Dog. Well, I'm a tabby cat. Um, Veronica's been at the vet with him for like the last hour and a half because he was having some breathing trouble earlier. He is, they've done the x-rays. Uh, it sounds like it's just asthma. They're going to get him on some steroids, but he's chill. And it looks like he'll be able to come home tonight. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go get her in a little bit. Yeah, no, we'll be done then. That's um, not we do. But I just want to let you know why this episode is potentially going to be short. But here's what we will do as we're wrapping this out. Yeah, we're gonna run through our list of TV, our top ten that we didn't finish, mm-hmm. and then I just want to let people know right now what you're gonna hear on the end of this episode is as much as we recorded of that TV episode a couple weeks ago. Right. So this is gonna be a weird Frankenstein mishmash of Gavin's belated birthday bash mm-hmm. and TV from 2021. We'll figure it all out. Episode's gonna be a mess. We'll do it in post. You were talking. Actually, I won't do anything in post. We're just, keeping all of this. I'm yeah, just letting you know. But yes, the important thing is Fife is all good. Yes. Uh, where were you going with your thought? In, in, you know. We were talking about Jack Quaid. Where yeah. were we at? Yeah. You clocked it. Then oh, he was at his turn to be his menacing. turn to. Well, yes, I, I liked it, especially yes. with the trajectory of. They're pissed off fans. They're toxic fans, yes, of essentially. Course. That was my yeah. And dude, would they explain? Oh yeah, that guy who did uh, Last Jedi. <laughs> they're basically like, yeah, Ryan Johnson directed the Last Stab movie mm-hmm. in the context of the Scream universe, right? And all the fans hated it, and so now the current murders that are happening are in response to, to Ryan Johnson's to Ryan Johnson stab. ruining the stab franchise. That is when I literally wanted to stand up and just applaud uh radio silence and everybody who took the just I I genuinely think and the cast has echoed this as well. If Wes Craven on whatever plane he exists on now was able to see this, I think he would doff his cap to it. I right. think he would be like, "You know what?" Good job, guys. Yeah. I think they fucking nailed it, dude. They they paid tribute to everything we love about them. Mm-hmm. They didn't fuck with the formula too nope. much. The kills were a little bit more brutal, which I liked. Oh, but dude. like four escalated things a oh, little yeah. bit. Three is a little muted in retrospect. It's it's um, tonally the darkest. Yes. Arguably. Mm-hmm. But 
kill-wise, a little more muted, and the fun factor is jacked up. Part of that is just Parker Posey, but... Right. Um, yeah, so back to, and, and back to Scream 2022 or right. Scream 5, whatever we want to call it. Well, no, and I just think it's interesting because, like... N- they're like, oh, it's all going back. If you're telling me in three that it's like, well, really, it was actually your half brother, and like he set all this emotion. But every time since then, any mention is just down to like, uh, Billy Loomis, Stu Mocker, they did all this stuff. So it's like no one wants. It's like even the franchise itself doesn't want to comment on the fact that Scream Three was Scream Three. You know what I mean? Because they talk about how like in in Scream Three, they're like, oh yeah, this stab movie. You're you're Ricky. You're replacing Randy people are mad that they killed Randy off. And it's like, well, Randy actually died in the context of these movies. So like, what, what the hell? Why would people be mad? So it's kind of like, there's a little bit of brick laying, like ground laying for that. And you think about it, like that's 2000. And 11 years later, we get, you know, scream four. And then 11 years later, we get scream five. So, 2032 I'm ready for it you know I, I but that's the I part of me doesn't want them to take a break but also is like if this is where they want to leave it for a while like totally mm-hmm. I had a blast with it okay yeah we I give it a four out of five just because it's not like it's I don't know I gave it a sol a rock solid 8.5 that yeah just because fair. there's like I mean there's elements of it that I would have tweaked here and there or whatever Ultimately, there's there. This is present in all of the movies, but we do lose a huge legacy character here. Another thing I called before the movie started, because I was right. talking about this with Sunshine Mayfield, mm-hmm. uh, co-host of Bending Not Breaking, who's a huge Scream fan in his own right, and I was just speculating. I was like, they have to kill one of them because the fact that they all made it through four was incredible to me. Mm-hmm. I but I but you get to the end of four and you're like, but. Fuck yeah, dude! I just want my three to my three bros to be together. Essentially, right. like I need it to be the three of them. But I knew going into this, I was like, "There's gotta be real stakes." So I said, "One of them is gonna die." I said, and I I called it immediately. I was like, "The smart decision is Dewey." Yeah. I said, "The most emotionally impactful that you can do of the three would be Dewey." I was like. Sydney is too upsetting because if you do it wrong, it's Halloween Resurrection. Now, if you do it wrong, that she is sorry. We don't have to go off on this tangent, but no. In my no. personal pantheon, Sydney Prescott is right, uh, right there with Laurie Strode, of course, as iconic horror female protagonist. I think Nev Campbell was fucking brilliant and always has been, and this she kills this role every time she returns to it. Okay. But I was like, if they do it wrong, this becomes the movie where they they fucked that up. But I was like, and then if you do, I was like, if you do Gale, I was like, that's, you don't want to lose that, Aww. you know, you don't want to lose that element. I was like, but I knew, they, no, I knew Dewey would tug at the heartstrings the most. Of everyone. It's all about him. And it did. Like the theme when it comes up, the theme of him, like, <laughs> oh man, dude, it's. I didn't realize this. Did they mention it in Scream 4? Because, I mean, I've kind of missed it. Did they mention that she, like, she chilled with Dempsey and, like, they had a family then? They don't mention him at all in 4, right? Okay, no. So, that could be some headcanon. That could be. Because it is very odd that at the end of 3, he's just hanging out with them. Well, like, she says, like, Mark and the kids. And I'm like, okay, so she got with the cop. Like she's did she say Mark? She said, "Yeah, Mark and the kids." She's. It says here she's married to Dempsey. Like they started a family. That's why I ask if they mentioned it in. Four. I cannot wait to rewatch. Dude, this movie I'm telling again. you. See, even that dude, where I was like, I picked up on all the all the little no. things. But when she said she was married with kids, yeah, I just assumed I was like, but she never mentioned anything in four, right? That I remembered, anyways. And so I just assumed like, okay, she wrote the book, and like maybe she met somebody in the like aftermath mm-hmm. of that or whatever. But yeah, I mean, three, but then you are like, so is he retired? Because it's like, if not, where's Dempsey? Like, get him back in the mix, man. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm here for it. 
That would have been because I'm I'm thinking the entire time I'm like who could we have that's been but in the she, one of these? So she says Mark and the kids. Yes, Detective Mark Kincaid. She just said Mark. She just said I, you know I got to get back to Mark. I, I'm Mark and the but kids. No, are fine. that's all I need though. Yeah. If she just said the name Mark and I was like, is she talking about makes, fucking Mark Kincaid from okay. the third movie? That if that is in fact true, are you this movie retroactively goes up to a nine. Okay. I'm sorry, uh, it does. Yeah. But here's the other thing, because again, we all agree three is arguably the most derided even though we have a lot of love for it Mm -hmm. when they are like these are randy's niece and nephew oh my god dude i was like are you about to show me heather Matarazzo right now i turned are you about i was like are you serious i turned to bex in the theater i was like oh martha i martha (laughs) she was looking at me like i was crazy that is my thing though i'm like to get me that excited about like Literally, Heather Monterazzo showing up and, like, with a tray of lemonade and delivering a line of dialogue where I am like, dude, this is the equivalent of, like, Toby and Andrew showing up in No Way Home. Like, yeah. I had that level of reaction to it almost. And I'm like, I love these movies way too much. Apparently. Yeah. No, dude, when they are, when they are, when they pull back to the party, I turn around like, they're in fucking Stu Mocker's house. No, they didn't pull do the pullback yet. I'm just watching party scenes, and I looked at her like they're in fucking Stu Mocker's oh, it house. Oh, ca- it caught me off guard. And Wait, she was it, like, which I think they wanted it to because they set you kind of in it mm-hmm. already. Um, no, just the way that they pull back and she's watching TV on the couch, and the door frame that went into the. I was like, they're in fucking Stu Mocker's. I, I called it. <laughs> Becky didn't know what I was talking about because I made her watch a. 10 minute recap of the entire franchise on YouTube. I'm like, just listen to this before you go watch this. I know you may have seen a few, just watch this. You'll understand it. And so she kind of didn't get me freaking out at some stuff, but for the most part, she was like, I, I, I liked it. I, you know, I think if I'd have made her watch all of them back to back and then we'd go, oh, which is, ex- did I tell you? No. So in the two days prior, right. not that I needed to, because I've seen all of these movies a ton of times, except for four, which this was only yeah, like my fifth or sixth time back through again. But no, I did one and two um, the night before, mm-hmm. and then I had a half day um, on the Thursday that it came out, mm-hmm. and I came home. So what I did is I did one, two, and then I was like, I don't know if I have time to fit everything in. Let me do, I was like, I'm going to jump to four. I'm going to sacrifice three. I'm going to jump to four. So I watched the first like 15, 20 minutes of four after one and two. Mm-hmm. I go to work the next day thinking, oh, I have to work all day, but I'm going to the night showing. I'm not going to have time to cram in. I'll have time to finish four, but not do three and four. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily I get there. There was a scheduling thing where essentially it opened up for me to be able to go home midday. And I was like. Oh, yes, I will definitely take you up on that. <laughs> I immediately went home and I was like, so I can fit in three, throw in three, roll right back into the last like hour and 20 minutes of four that I had left and then drive five minutes to the theater and walk in, sit my ass down and I'm watching. Hell five. Yeah. So within the span about. of 48 hours, I watched all five of them and what a fantastic experience. Okay, back to the Randy niece and nephew, particularly his niece. She is on Yellow Jackets, um, a show that will retroactively now come up on my TV list now that it has concluded. Uh, Absolutely loved her. The whole requel conversation, like in the center, I was I was dying laughing. I also heard the entire movie. It didn't hit as hard for everybody in the theater. But Jenny Ortega in the opening was like, ask me about the Babadook. Ask me about the witch. Like, ask me about Elevated 824 Horror, basically. I thought that was great. Me too. But the payoff of, I still like the Babadook at the end of the movie. Yes. I, for me, was just a chef's kiss. I don't think it hit as hard for a lot of other people in the theater, but she was like, I still prefer the Babadook. I thought that shit was hilarious. Um, Yeah, her, the, 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 um, Randy's niece, the entire movie, like her going downstairs to get beers, like you didn't ask, like, yeah. and I, and the oh that that interplay between her and Amber is fantastic. Well, because I am the killer. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like no, you're not. No, you're not. And the the nephew uh, with his girlfriend. I'm not a hundred percent sure you're not, not the killer. The killer? Yeah. Like all of that. 
but it's All so good really because like for me. you think you go right back to randy in the first and be like oh i'm so glad i've never been so glad i'm, I'm, I'm not a virgin. i'm not yeah. a virgin or i'm um, a virgin i just wanted to shout it's jasmine savoy brown yeah. is uh she plays mindy meeks martin um and she's also on yellow jackets as thaisa and she you also remember her season two of the leftovers yeah as evie Mm-hmm. Um, very important character bro that, that was like why do I know this girl it's definitely Evie because I get so fucking pissed off at her <laughs> like you bitch yeah. sorry um, highly recommend Yellow Jackets if you haven't seen it we have Showtime through mom and dad you know if you ever want to wait so we there. can do Showtime on Prime now no you can do Showtime through the Showtime Anytime app you just log in with their Spectrum info basically the same way we get into HBO Max Huh. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Because I definitely want to watch Dexter. You can do that. Okay. Good. You should also watch Yellow Jackets. Okay. Cause it's good. I'll watch those um, Yellow Jackets. But yeah, uh, we don't have to go into like every other little bit of it. I will just wrap back around. Again, it happens in all the movies. There's always a sequence where you're like, wait, so that was that person in the costume at the time? Yeah. Like, I didn't. Fucking kidding that's me? the only thing I didn't. The, the fact that you realize retroactively that it's Amber who killed Dewey. Not that it like necessarily, I, I saw a lot of reaction online where it's like, Oh, come on. You're telling me that little girl. Like, and I was like, Hey, yes. Cause I, we all saw once upon a time in Hollywood. I buy her batshit crazy energy. Like mm-hmm. I buy that she could jack herself up to that. What I don't buy is the fact that it looks like Jack Quaid is wearing that ghost faces costume in that sequence because of how tall he is. Right. Um, and of course, you're sitting there going, "Well, it can't be Jack Quaid because he's wounded on the ground, and now he's in the elevator." And like, mm-hmm. so it clearly has to be her. But I loved the like, you have to shoot him in the head. You got to go back. Like the second he was like, "I got to go back," I was like, "Oh, Dewey, oh man." And who? And now, assuming you're going to get the upper hand, of course, yeah, we know that was famous last words. How fucked up is it that like your partner is like, "Oh, I'm down for him to just go back and blow your face off because I get out of this scot free." I just did these murders and I'm going to get off scot-free. No one's going to expect me unless somehow they like go pull a DNA thing or not DNA. They go pull data and like, oh, well, you and this Amber girl were talking a lot, but y'all don't know each other. What's up with that, bro? Yeah. And then he's going to get found out. So it's just weird. It's like, oh, you guys are working together. Oh, you put yourself right there in the danger. But then like, yeah, I didn't believe this tiny little girl. Here's how like. Mad I was about him. I, I looked at Bex and I was like, it's not him. He's like, what? I was like, in my mind, I'm going, well, you know, there were two dead bodies in there. We don't see Dewey's dead body. We just see a body bag. There Dude. were two officers. So what if he, what if he is not dead, <laughs> Dude, but they're letting him think he's dead? To believe it. Here's how much it crushed me. And again, the symmetry of we have seen Scream 1, he comes out on the gurney at the end. Mm-hmm. Scream 2, comes out on the gurney at the end. Mm-hmm. makes it out scream three i mean we see that he survives but again injured yeah. of course but to have the shot of the gurney coming out and it's like you're expecting to see the shot of like but do we made it and it is the body bag i didn't go the route you did where it's like oh well maybe it's not him i was devastated i was like what a great like mirroring of like right. we've seen that shot so many times in this series mm-hmm. and this time he doesn't make it out all of that totally fucking played for me. Like you said, bringing the theme back in. And you need it to be... I get it, though, because you need it to be Amber because when um, Sydney and Gail show up and do their badass like thing at the end, it's all directed towards Amber, and it needs to be because Sam, who they're trying to kind of... Which is the, only, is the other element that kind of keeps it from being like a full-on, like, fuck yeah to me, is... I like that we're turning that corner of like we had more of the kids arguably mm-hmm. than we did in four. Um, but I wasn't totally sold on Sam as a protagonist. Um, part of that is like being saddled with the whole, we didn't even, we don't have to right now, but the whole Billy, like ghost Billy totally played for me. Dude. Skeet's like looking really D-A- good these days. D-H Skeet. Yeah, I was like looking really so good. not expecting to see that. And here's another thing again, so, you and I haven't talked about it on mic, but so much of what I loved about Matrix Resurrections, another movie that's circling in similar territory of meta and reckoning with like legacy sequels and all of that, was the idea that everything matters. 
and like we you know we're not ignoring any of it we're not picking and choosing we're gonna make all of this like right it all mattered kind of thing yeah and we have Martha Meek showing back up and like these few other touches or whatever but the element of Ghost Billy for me was a direct connection to what I thought was always to me one of the few times I get genuinely scared in this whole franchise is the ghost of Sydney's mother in three. Oh yeah. The two sequences, the dream sequence out at her cabin when she's all isolated and the kind of like nightmare on Elm street body bag callback. Um, when they're in the Woodsboro set house right. in three, I think those you are, know really those dude, genuinely you know, creeped me the fuck out in a way no, that nothing else in this franchise. It's does. not even that dude. It's the fucking picture of her mom. And how they make the fucking face look like it's like it's, it's turning its eyes on you. Oh no, one hundred percent. That is the like worst. she's turning evil. Yes, it's all like, of that. I, oh, you thought I was Maureen? Is, no, I'm actually that re- stuff is re- so yeah. effective. So yeah. I liked. Not that I thought Billy was like scary in this, but I thought it was a nice connective piece of like the mo- the franchise. It's like this was an element, whether mm-hmm. you thought it was something that worked or not. In three, he drifted a little bit into like I'm going to play with some of the. Daydream, like a little mm-hmm. bit of the dreaminess of Nightmare, but I'm going to put it in the Scream context, and those sequences always really work for me in three. So I I looked at it as a, like kind of a connection to that, but yeah, I wasn't I would I think it's because some of the other side characters are so compelling, particularly like you know Randy's niece and nephew, um, and Jack Quaid that like your Sam kind of fades to the background right. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so when they want to make that turn towards the end of like, it's her Sydney and Gail, um, it doesn't fully work for me. But anyways, I get why you needed Amber to be the one who ultimately did Dewey in so that that's who they're going up against while Sam is dealing with, um, Jack Quaid's character. Can't remember his name. Me neither. Um, and yes, of course I loved that Amber was, um, shot stabbed and set on fire just yes. like she is at the end of once upon a time in hollywood right yeah um, yes and the fact that she comes back like half burnt you know mm-hmm. you gotta have that and well, i do again, on the whole though going, but going toward like the end shot of like the the brother and sister coming out and thumbing up each other as they're being put in the ambulance i'm like i perfect because if you told me both of them got slain, I was like, come on, man. You're going to do that to Martha? You're going to take her brother and you're going to take her kids? Right. She's not going to handle this shit. But the fact that they're like, we're good. Like, it's okay. We're not we're not dead. Like, yeah. I, I appreciate that more than anything. So For sure. Yeah. Definitely they did a great it. job with it. Um, like we said, if, if this is it, totally understand. It's not going to be it, dude. There's a fucking flash of the killer in front of the, of the farmhouse at the very end, like every other movie. Like, it, they're going to make another one. Oh, is there like a post? You didn't see that. Credit? I, no, I didn't stay for them. You don't like every, you know how in every one there's like one final last shot of yeah, Ghostface. Yeah. Did they do the they roll did. call credits? Yes, to they a did. song. See, I, I think I had to pee or something. For some reason, I ran out, and I was expecting that because mm-hmm. I always love that when it's like, yeah, it was a crazy time, but like we had fun making this. Yeah. Check out this like mm-hmm. old school. I love that shit. Yeah. So, uh, cut, print, check, check the gate. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, dude, no, as far as the, we could have a whole conversation about like sequels and just the recent spate of them. But I feel like, I feel like that's a Blanchard brothers, brothers Blanchard conversation. I very much so. Um, and I or feel at like least a scream that's also franchise. a, I need to watch Ghostbusters afterlife so I can have an opinion on it conversation. Right. Um, but I feel like it's becoming at the, and I really would like to investigate the ones that have done well and the ones that have it and i'd like to reassess the entire screen franchise with them as well because mm-hmm. i right now this is like i think this is floating right around the midsection i don't know if i like this more than four or just as much as four one and two are always going to be my tops uh but you know i could change my mind yeah so we definitely we'll try and coordinate that with them and i think I'll probably wrap in a little bit of a halloween kills possibly extended cut conversations yeah that'd be nice to do that properly especially since it's ending later this year yes um so so i don't have my list of tv in front of me i can tell you my last two. Oh shit is it on the floor it's not numbered oh god so you can retroactively make this the official record i think i might okay so we're gonna uh again 
Let's we are we are going to run through our top ten favorite TV shows of 2021, and then either on the end of this episode or in a bonus episode that'll drop in this feed right afterwards, you'll get what we were able to record of our actual countdown. So if you want to hear more in-depth discussion of some of these shows, check that out. If not, stick around. We are gonna do an in-depth Cobra Kai season four. We're gonna do it. Yes, we, we know will. people want us to talk about it. Uh, we will do that very soon, along with an announcement of a new two by two for February, mm-hmm. and of course, we will finally be revealing our top ten favorite movies of 2021. Since we're pretty much done catching up with everything, right? Um, I have seen about five or six that were lingering ones, and I still have a bunch that I want to get to, but I'm I'm down to record that one pretty much whenever. So, uh, but for now. Your top 10 favorite TV shows of 2021. Okay. Um, number 10 is uh, Squid Game. Number 9 would be um, <clears throat> Mayor of Easttown. Number 8 is going to be Hacks. Number 7 would be Station Eleven. Had you finished it? No, I was in the midst of it. I was waiting on it to get done okay um that is a topic for a whole other um podcast but you and i should definitely discuss that show i have never felt more disconnected from the critical discourse around a show of something that i apparently was supposed to love but felt pretty much indifferent towards the entire time i was watching it i just i somehow stayed compelled through it yeah i get we can't go off on the tangent we will talk about it for like an hour but i have I'm so curious what you liked about it, and I'm so curious, or I'm so excited to share with you what I thought just patently did not work about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. What number was I on? I'm so sorry. Seven or six, somewhere in there. Six. Um, Six would be Midnight Mass. Gavin literally has a sheet of paper with unnumbered TV shows, and he is is picking at random. I honestly don't even think this was like, no, six is not Midnight Mass. Six is them. Okay. Five is Midnight Mass. All right. <clears throat> four is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, four is uh, Loki. Okay. Three is Res Dogs. Okay. Two. This is right around where we lose is, the podcast, right. by the way. Two is Invincible. Mm-hmm. And one is, hi, I'm Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave season two. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Uh, my top ten. Go, Yellow Jackets. Yes, number ten. Do you know the basic premise? I I literally did not say anything but the number and the name. Please keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it's my show. I do what I want. Midnight Mass. Number nine. Uh huh. Number eight. Invincible. Number seven. Mayor of Easttown. A lot of repeats here. Uh, number six. The Northwater. Shit. Number five. How to with John Wilson. Season two. Number four, Dave season two. Number three, Succession season three. Number two, Pen15 season two, part two, which is the final batch of episodes of that series. And my number one TV show, feels weird to even call it that, of 2021 is The Underground Railroad from Barry Jenkins. Good choices. Uh, Yellow Jackets, what is it? So Yellow Jackets is on Showtime. Uh-huh. That should be your number one priority when you sign up for it. Dexter, but go ahead. In 1996-ish, a girls soccer team from New Jersey is flying to Nationals. They won state. They're flying to Nationals. Plane goes down. Okay? I've heard about this. They're in the wilderness. Yes, I've heard For about a this. while. Nobody really knows what happened out there. 20, True story? 20, no, fuck no. Oh, never mind that. 25 years later. One person some was of walking the, out of the no, woods? No, some of the survivors who have, they've been out of the, they were in the woods for a period of time. We think it's probably a little over a year. We're not quite sure. It might have been longer than that. They've been, they kept it purposely kind of vague. But anyways, 25 years later, the chickens are coming home to roost, y'all, essentially, Okay. Um, I don't want to say too much more than that. The main hook of the show for people like you and I, the core three of the three of the core 
lady. It does have a lot of Twin Peaks. Vibes, I'm sure. Um, in some aspects, three of the core uh, survivors are played by Melanie Linsky. You're kind of like whatever, right? Yeah. Christina Ricci. Oh. And Juliette Lewis. So. Here's some 90s ladies you haven't seen in a little bit. Partic- Who, who's Re- the third one that I don't know? Melanie Linsky, you do know. You just don't know that you... What do I know her from? Her. Tell me a thing uh, I would know her from right now. Oh, my God. Just off the cuff. Did you watch Don't Look Up? Yes. Uh, she was DiCaprio's wife in Don't Look Up. Cool. <laughs> what would I know her from, from the 90s? Like you said, this was a whole 90s. Uh, Heavenly Creatures? She's the one who's not Kate Winslet? All right. Don't know. I thought you were going to give me like a Now and Then remake. Like, you know, with all the girls from that. No, just, she's, Melanie Linsky works all the fucking time. Like, she's, she's been around. Not that she's like a 90s, I'm saying, Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis are the, yeah, like, yeah, I know are the, like, 90s is. icons you haven't seen in a while, now coming back. That's kind of the exciting draw for a lot of people. That was a little bit of the hook. But you're getting this parallel narrative of what happened in the wilderness and what's going on with them present day. And so you're constantly trying to figure out... You know, it's a mystery box show in a lot of ways, hmm. but it's fucking good. It's entertaining as hell. Um, super great first season. Like one, the, the my favorite new show that I've started in a while. Hmm. So yeah, interesting. But yeah, Yellow Jackets rocks. That snuck into. You had a text message while I was looking at your phone. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Probably need to. Probably need to be wrapping this wrap up. Wrap this up. Yes. Okay. I uh, just want to tell you, I've uh, in the midst of all this and watching all this TV, I've burned through five seasons of ER. Oh hell yeah! It's on HBO Max. Now, yeah. Right? I, Lucy just showed up and already I'm like, no. Okay, but there's so I, much fucking shit I missed. Dude. We don't have time. Oh, no. Okay, maybe, they maybe I will die back in. Uh, I definitely what they were getting into. <laughs> I say, let the let podcast crash. crash. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the birthday podcast. What is her name? This is what fun. is what is the bro- Stephanie? Is no. it Stephanie? Is Susan? Stephanie? What? Oh my god. Sheila. Sheila. Yes. Sheila. They bought <laughs> their tickets. <laughs> they knew what they, they were, were getting, getting into. Cool. I say, I say, let them crash. <laughs> that is how we will be ending the podcast for all of 2022. Yeah. Let I say, bur- let it crash. I feel like we should just change it to let it burn. <laughs> just because, like, you know, I want to tell you this story on Mike real quick. Oh, my God. I I'm going to be you... in so much trouble. Oh, you have to go? Yes, I do. You've been having to go? Or this was the I message, think like, the, where I the think, hell are you? I think Homeboy is ready to leave the vet. Okay. Like, he's he's at his case, and I can just I, need to go. Can he kick it more? What? Yes, he he can. Yes, he can. What? Can he kick it? Yes, he can. Thank you.